0: Financial advisor Justin
1: Klein. Good afternoon, fellow investors, and welcome back to Invest Talk. This is our Thursday, October 27th, 2022 edition, and we are moving fast through earnings season, and this has been a big week. If you've been overweight, large tech companies, like I've told you not to be for the past year plus, you're probably having a pretty Tough week, a scary week going into Halloween on Monday. And we're going to touch on that a little bit more on today's show and kind of go over the carnage in the FANG names. And unfortunately, that's where a lot of the market is concentrated. You look at the indices, you're owning the SP 500, for example. You're Highly exposed to that. Okay. So it's a scary week and it's interesting times. And that means that you need to continue to evolve your thinking, evolve your strategy, try to shake off the habits of the last decade plus of very cheap money, abundant liquidity, low inflation and realize this is a new era. And I am here to help you with that, help you decipher the way to approach these markets, approach your portfolio so that you can be successful in this new environment. You know, we have the first popping of the sovereign debt bubble in a hundred plus years. And that is a unique experience that you need to have perspective on in order to be effective. So, I'm Justin Klein, and I'm here on today's radio and podcast program to help you make the most of your investment strategy and your overall money decisions. So, I look forward to this Invest Talk podcast with you and answering your finance and investment questions. As always, the phone number is 888 99Chart. It's 888 992 4278. You can call it during our live stream program, 4 to 5 Pacific time, or after hours. Either way works for me. We just love to hear your, your voice and your questions. Now, my main focus point today is going to concern the bear market and has how, is, how have buffer funds fared in that environment, okay? Now, they promise limited downside losses, but they also cap returns. So what does that look like? Okay, and how they they fared so far in the roughest year in in many years. I also want to touch on a few other things. I said uh, we're going to go over the tech wreck that's going on right now within the large-cap tech names, and how much money has been wiped off of market caps. Well, after today's Amazon report after hours, You're probably talking close to a trillion dollars in value wiped off just the largest names in the market. Okay. also want to touch on the U.S. economy. The GDP report came out on for the third quarter. The initial report it's going to be revised and it probably won't be the final number, but some interesting tidbits to touch on there. And then lastly, how are builders, home builders preparing for this housing downturn? So we're going to look at that as well. Now, I see we have some Voice Bank questions ready to play for you. One is on Trade Desk, TTD, and then the other is CD rates. So we've got this all planned for this episode of Invest Talk, and of course, most importantly, your live calls. 888 chart is how you get through and ask your question on today's show. Now, let's take a look at the markets today. We had the S&P down about 23 points, and that was heavily weighed down by Google, Uh, And their earnings report, which was uh, certainly weaker than had been expected. And then you have, you had, who else did you have? After hours, you had Amazon and and Apple. Amazon was very bad. Apple was kind of in line, didn't really move a whole lot. Is actually up slightly from the close today. Uh, But what you saw today was small caps were up. The IWM was up uh, four cents, nothing big. But uh, the Russell 2000 itself is up about two points. Pretty much a flat day, but considering the the carnage in the other parts of the market, it was uh, it held up uh, pretty nicely. And you had the dollar up a little bit, but rates were down. You had the ten year that was down seven, seven, almost eight basis points, and below the twenty day moving average for the first time, really since July. And this is. This is there. There are now a lot more chatter uh, of the Fed doing a smaller hike for December. Uh, You also saw some economic data that came in today that was very weak, and this is an environment even more so than you've seen in the past where bad news is good news for the market. The Kansas City Fed manufacturing production index that hit negative twenty two negative 22, and we have not seen that since the depths of the financial crisis, well, I guess you could say outside of COVID, COVID hit negative 62 uh, in in April, Um, but outside of the depths of COVID, you had not seen that negative 22 number. So that is, remember, this is a Fed-derived number, the Federal Reserve of Kansas City. And so when they have their meetings, when they have their discussions, that Federal Reserve Chairman is gonna start, or or, uh, that Federal Chair. Uh, that I guess, yeah, Federal Reserve Chair of since uh, Kansas City is going to talk about that, is going to uh, discuss, hey, in my region, we're seeing a lot of weakness. And that's what the market wants. The market wants to see the weak economic data so that it can signal to the Fed, hey, slow down, relax, let these rate hikes filter through the economy. And so that's why you're seeing overall a rally in the broad markets the nyse itself today was up 38 points modest update but still up because the nyc is 2500 different names it's not heavily concentrated in those large tech names if you're in the Q's, if you're in the spies right the s p you are going to suffer on days like today and probably again tomorrow because guess what amazon is a big part of the overall index so overall this is actually a positive day we, we had a good day for for our clients um but that obviously brought in indices did not. Now let's pivot over to our first voice bank question. Now, hey,
2: I had a question for the show. I was um, looking into purchasing IAU. It's an IShares Gold Trust to try to get a gold play going. I'm trying to understand this. If Steve or Justin love the show, if I could get your analysis on this, greatly appreciate it. This is James from Georgia.
1: All right, this is IAU, and this is going to be similar to like a GLD. Uh, it's just, a, we call it paper gold, right? It's uh, owning exposure to the gold price, and it's going to go up and down depending on where, uh, where gold prices are. So it's, a I would say, a conservative way to get exposure to gold prices. Its expense ratio is 0.25%, which is better than the 0.4%, the 40 basis points on the GLD. So if I'm picking one or the other, it would probably be the IAU. Uh, now, we like the miners because you can pick the best of breed, the best run with the best uh, assets, and there's leverage to the gold price. Uh, and so we like it better that way. But this is not a bad way. This is a more conservative way to gain access to uh, the gold price uh, and a lower cost compared to the biggest in the, the industry, which is GLD. Now we're heading into a break, and I welcome your finance and investment questions now. So give Invest Talk a call at 99 chart.
3: Why do listener questions make Invest Talk better? Which of these would you recommend? Because each caller presents fresh questions in their
0: voice.
2: I was curious would you. Still think aluminum has a ways to go from
0: here? When do I know the right time to take profits?
2: Should I be looking for an exit? Should I be holding here?
3: And listeners instinctively realize that Invest Talk uniquely offers a welcome dose of investing satisfaction.
0: I think you have a terrific show, and I've learned a whole lot. Hey guys, love your show. Uh, I've been listening for several years now, and I've
2: One of the most rewarding things I do each weekday is host the Invest Talk podcast. I truly enjoy helping investors, and I know that every question counts and every answer I provide will be unbiased. You, the caller, get to chart the course for each Invest Talk podcast. Call with your questions anytime, day or night, 888-99Chart.
1: Now my focus point concerns the story behind this headline, the bear market of 2022 has tested the limits of buffer funds. Now what is a buffer fund? Now there are different types. There are about 120 different exchange traded funds that are considered buffer funds. There are also some open-ended mutual funds as well. But basically what they do is they typically follow an index, usually the S&P, and then they sell call options so a kind of a covered call strategy but what they do is then they buy downside protection meaning they're going to use that premium that they got for selling those call options and they're going to buy downside protection puts down lower than where the market is today now that can be anywhere from five to thirty percent it varies depending on the buffer funds overall uh but and and, and those that downside protection has helped cushion some of the losses, but every one of them is still down on the year. And on average, they're down about 12.7% on the year. That's about half as bad as the overall market. And this is through the end of September. Now, what they what they execute is what's is called the caller strategy, right? Limiting the upside and limiting the downside as well. Now, during the coronavirus pandemic downturn from February 19th to March 23rd, a short period of time, remember when the world was coming to an end and then it didn't, well, losses in those funds range from 13 to more than 40%. So they can help, but they are definitely not a panacea and the devil's in the details. Uh, and these are perfect example, of the type of funds you really have to dig into those details. How, where does the, where does the downtime downside protection start? Where does it end? Some of it uh, starts at 5% and then ends at negative 35%, meaning after 35%, then you just have market risk, okay? So there there are some like that. There are some that just are straight up 10% below the market. It, It varies dramatically. So you have to be very cognizant of not just the name, but how they're executing the strategy. Now, that's great about the downside protection, but they also limit the upside returns, and so what's interesting is, while the downside protection, downside has been about half as much as the market through the end of September of this year, last year when the market was doing very well, the S&P gained, or the U.S. market index, the Morningstar U.S. market index, was up 25.8% for the year. The average buffer fund was only up 9.9% for the year. So cap the gains in a pretty dramatic fashion. And another thing is that these are often the exposure is net of or or gross of dividends. So you're not actually getting the dividend yield of the index either. And so risk adjusted returns have really lagged behind the standard 60-40 stock bond portfolio. Maybe not this year, but historically. And the average expense ratio on these funds, 0.8% which is pretty pricey for basically an index fund with a simple, very straightforward option overlay on top of it. Now, there's a lot of parallels called structured notes. You you see these pitched by uh, big banks. These are also very similar, but uh, higher fees. So stay away from those. You don't need them, especially now that you have these buffer funds if you really want exposure. But the the moral of the story here is that while they might sound great, overall they're going to be a, a drag on performance overall and they're not going to be a panacea and this is a good year to test how good they are and you know they've just been so-so all right? so that was a buffer funds buffer funds now let's now this is invest talk i'm justin klein and we have one goal here each and every weekday of course and that's to help you achieve your own version of financial freedom everybody's different Everyone has different risk tolerance levels. Everyone is starting from a different place based on age, based on net worth, and everyone has different goals when they want to retire, what they want to do in retirement, etc. So our job here is to give you the tools, the tools to make good, consistent decisions with your money. And so we're heading into a break and our work continues after this break. So give me a call at 888-99-CHART. Got a question for Steve or
2: Justin? Hey, guys, this is Joe from Lake Jackson, Texas, south of Houston. And I've got a question about warrant shares. I think that's the right term.
0: What's your question? 888-99-CHART.
3: No two portfolios are alike, and every investor has a unique set of circumstances. So don't forget to call
1: InvestTalk.
3: Eight eight eight
1: ninety nine chart Let's go to Alberto in San Jose, looking at Amazon.
0: Hello, yes. Um, I, I want to know what you think about Amazon right now. I know it's down quite a bit. Is this a good time to get it on a discount? I know it's making a lot of money, it just didn't hit the expectation of Wall Street, but is it a
1: good time to get it on discount? Well, the question is, is it making a lot of money? Sure. I guess in nominal terms it is, but if you look at compared to history, it's making May 28 cents last quarter, which is down 10% year over year. And March of 2021, they're making nearly 80 cents a share. So think of the trends over the past 30 years, uh, cheap energy, globalization, rising consumer, and all of those things are reversing, right? Well, we're going into deglobalization. energy is getting more expensive. And the consumers in this environment with higher inflation and a weakening economy, that's all, that's a concoction that means, hey, Amazon's not gonna do nearly as well. They're going to deal with problems in supply chains, right? It was easy to import cheap things from China and sell them on Amazon. That's more difficult now. From a logistics standpoint, from a geopolitical standpoint. And then you look at the multiple it's trading at. This year it's supposed to make three cents a share. Three. Not three dollars, three cents a share. It's trading 113. Now next year it's supposed to make two dollars a share. That's a 50 times multiple even after hours trading, uh, I believe it's trading under a hundred. It's still expensive. Large cap growth tech stocks are not the place to be. I've said it. I've been saying it for over a year. I do portfolio reviews with listeners and two thirds of them are overweight large cap growth. That's my first recommendation. Reduce your large cap growth exposure. Those that became clients, they did. Those that didn't, probably many of them didn't. So Amazon, sure it's on the watch list, something you to monitor, but you know, of the fang names, it's it's on the lower half. I've said this over the last couple of years that only Apple is the only Fang name that I really think has a durable well insulated business that's only one we've owned for clients and you see that today with earnings uh, the earnings were pretty good lot after hours so no you need to be buying the stocks that are succeeding in this environment over the last year and a half two years what stocks have been doing well those are the st- stocks generally that are probably going to continue to do well because this environment of above average inflation, higher cost of capital, deglobalization, higher energy costs. I don't see that going anywhere. Those are trends that are durable in my mind. Just look at the chips bill. Biden was talking about it today. He was at a somewhere in upstate New York and did a speech on the chips bill, which is a pretty big change. And it's, hey, we're pulling back. We're pulling our IP out of China, bringing it back here to the US, to North America, creating jobs here, deglobalizing. That is inflationary. So clearly, Amazon, not a name that's been succeeding over the past year and a half, two years. So. Always there on the watch list to watch it if it gets just dirt cheap. But it's not dirt cheap yet. Now we're close. Thanks for the call. Now let's move back to the stock Voice Bank for a question that came in earlier at 888 chart Yes, hi there. I have a question about CD rates.
2: My brokerage firm is offering 4.55 12-month CDs and a 24-month 4.7 Percent CD's both non-callable and wondering if this is the time to lock in or should I wait till next month to see what the feds do all right thanks
1: well the fed will raise rates but I think uh, in, uh next month but it's going to probably have a minimal impact on CD rates uh but it probably will have a they pro- probably will go up um some And you are looking at the right time, I think, to lock in those rates because I think they're very close to the end. This might be the last. It's very potentially uh, the last Fed rate hike for this cycle. Especially if you start to continue to see economic data like you had from the Kansas City uh, Manufacturing Index today. And so. If you're trying to be super safe. Not take any any risk. I'd probably wait until after the Fed rate hike um, to lock that in. But understand that it's locked in. Okay. Now, as of March of 2022, 72% of public and private employees had access to some type of employer sponsored employment plan like a 401k or a pension plan. Are you taking advantage of your opportunity? That story tomorrow. But for now, I'm Justin Klein and ready to take your questions live at 888. 888- 99 chart. Let's say you've been thinking about learning a new language. Okay. Why? I mean, how would it come in handy and where would you want to use it? Could it be that you have an upcoming international trip or maybe you want to connect with family members or friends from a different culture? I think you should know about Rosetta Stone with millions of users, With Rosetta Stone, you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. It's an intuitive process designed for long-term retention. You really learn to speak, listen, and think in your new language. Rosetta Stone is an amazing value, so your special skill set is within easy reach. You know you want to do this, so don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You've got a portfolio to grow and protect, and
3: this is no time to lose focus. So get your finance and investment questions together and call Steve Peasley and Justin Klein. They're ready with their unbiased answers. InvestTalk,
1: 888-99-CHART. Now let's pivot back to really the big story of the week, and that is the carnage in the thing uh, space from Alphabet to Amazon to Meta and Microsoft uh, combined lost about $566 billion in stock market value for the week uh, as of this morning. And then you add on top of that the losses of uh, roughly $200 billion after hours from Amazon, And you're getting close to that trillion dollars in value wiped off the largest stocks in the indexes in the market. And this is what I've, I've been saying this for a a while. I said, if you just want to index, that's fine, but you're not going to do that well because you're so exposed to the most expensive names in the market and the ones that are very exposed to the economy. And this ended the, really, This put a nail in the coffin, the surge of growth that a lot of them had during the pandemic. And that's why I've I've said many times that you can't use the pandemic earnings for a lot of these companies, especially those that benefited greatly from the pandemic. You have to find a way to normalize those earnings, to look at what they did pre-pandemic. And that's what it's gonna look like. They're gonna to trend towards back, that, back towards that most likely. And all of the reports this week from them are indicating just that. And Microsoft had earnings yesterday. That wiped off $243 billion of market value as of the end of the day today. Why? Because they're signaling weaker growth in their cloud computing business and the decline was faster than they expected why i've said this as well is think of all the peloton employees that were laid off how many how much how many microsoft 365 accounts and microsoft office subscriptions do you think peloton was paying for for them probably a lot now you extrapolate that to many different parts of that economy where there was overinvestment. People were chasing, you know, what was going to be the next big tech company. And people were chasing the stories of innovation. And that allowed those companies to raise a lot of cash. They got excited over the valuations the market was putting on them. A lot of people wanted to go work for them. They got stock options thinking that that gravy train was going to come to them. And that's all reversed. And so that's why Microsoft struggled. Amazon, they, they had disappointing guidance for the fourth quarter. And then Facebook or Meta, they were the worst. And if you look at Meta's business numbers before this number, it looked pretty good. looked cheap. But what did, what's Mark Zuckerberg doing? He's doubling down on the metaverse. Despite the advertising business struggling, just like it is with Google, Google's not making drastic decisions like investing billions and billions of dollars into a bet that may or may not pay off. And who knows when it will, even if it does? Could be a decade plus from now. So the market... Cut $85 billion off of Meta's valuation yesterday. And that's down 74% from its record high just 14 months ago. I've been continuing to say for a while now that this is very similar to, this is Tech Bubble 2.0. And you're seeing that crash. Some names worse than others. And a lot of it depends on the leadership. Are they doing smart things with shareholder capital? And in tough times, that's what the market pays attention to more. And Alphabet's earnings, or Google, they're actually hiring people. They're going to add 13,000 new employees, one of its biggest hiring binges ever. So it's showing that not only is their business deteriorating, but these companies are not showing any restraint when it comes to spending. So I honestly don't see this trend reversing. And on that note, let's go talk to Chris in Florida. He wants to talk about meta.
2: Hey, Justin. Yeah, I had a question just
1: um, in regards to if you see this stock going further uh, further south and there's more on the downside here. And if there's any level where you might take
0: a, take a flyer on it, take a risk and, um, and see if it might reverse like you were saying.
1: Well, just like I was saying, no, I, I think it's all management at this point. What is the metaverse going to be? What are the, what are the, what's the metaverse solving? I think that's the first question. If Mark Zuckerberg was sitting next to me, I'd say, what is the metaverse solving? Now, is it solving a a better user experience when it comes to gaming? Yeah. What are you going to shop? Maybe virtually, but are you going to try on clothes? Maybe there's some eventual application there. But that's probably a decade plus away. What is this investment solving? And until it solves something that people really want and really need, It's just going to hemorrhage cash. And all of that money that is coming in from Instagram and Facebook, it's just going to be squandered. Now, that's another issue, is that not only are you in a macroeconomic environment where ad spending is coming down, so that's a bad situation that they're in right now, but you're also... Hemorrhaging users from your most lucrative and sticky platform, which is Instagram, to TikTok. Now, I think if I think the government will probably eventually ban TikTok, to be honest with you. So that would probably give them a short term boost, but that's just short term. And so this is not on my watch list. Let's just say that there are fang names on watch lists, Google's on the watch list. Amazon is on the watch list. These are these are companies that I'm okay with the management and the direction of the business. Meta is not on that. At all. So, I think you're trying to catch a falling knife, and I think the knife is going to cut your hand. Now let's squeeze in another voicemail question from 888 99 chart.
2: Hey, Steve. Hey, Justin. How are you guys doing? Great show, by the way. So I had a quick question for you guys. I'm looking at a stock called The Trade Desk. Ticker symbol is TTD. Just wondering to get you guys' opinion on it and um, if you think this is a good company to get into and um, what you think would be a good price for me to buy the stock. Thanks, guys. I'll be listening on the show.
1: All right, this is another one of those ad-exposed companies this is a company that owns a self-service platform for ad buyers to purchase and uh, and manage data-driven digital advertising campaigns what's happening with google what's happening with facebook what message are they sending they're sending the message that the economic headwinds that are happening are manifesting in the ad market and and especially online advertising as not as that used that was the only game in town a year and a half ago because people weren't out shopping. And so everyone who was shopping was online. And so where did everyone go to advertise? Online. That's mean reverting. Okay. And then on top of that, you have the the economy slowing. And so this is not a name that I would get excited about buying right now. Now, is there a number? Yes, I, I, there is a number. Let me take a look here. Right now, it's uh, price sales nineteen. Yeah, it's got to be at least fifty percent lower than it is right now, uh, and it's down after hours. It was down today. Uh, you know, the, the the technicals are not lining up. Um, so I'm not I'm not touching this uh, quite yet. I'd be very very patient on this. What you want to do with the companies that have exposure to the ad market, you want to Wait until you see the economy not slowing So say that it needs to be accelerating so that more people are going to incrementally start advertising and wait for this reversion to the mean when it comes to ad spending to reach its full apex. And remember, 60% of ad, ad spending is online now. So it's highly correlated to the overall economy. So that's Trade Desk. 888 chart 888 4278 is how you get through and ask your question. Now the seasons are changing, and starting to see temperatures dip out down into the 30s. I know it's, it's kind of nice. Uh, in Reno, Nevada, it got as low as 25 degrees today. So in the, even in the, the desert, it's getting down there. And that means the end of the year is approaching. And while the end of the year, the fourth quarter, typically fairly bullish heads up it typically is a bullish time in the market but it doesn't mean that volatility is ever going to go away it's here to stay especially in this rising interest environment higher inflationary environment which you're going to get kind of bouts of right accelerations slow declines and we're in that slow decline phase but guess what there's going to be another acceleration at some point because of all the macro factors we talk about deglobalization demographics, more scarce natural resources. And so the question is, are you prepared? I'm still seeing callers that are looking to invest in companies that put bits in the sky and not enough people calling about companies that pull molecules out of the ground or create a molecule that can be used by the world, right? Thinking, think of a chemical company, right? It takes raw materials, processes it, and puts it out into the world, whether that's a plastic, something industrial, right? Trade desk is another example. Meta is another example. Those are bits in the sky. That area has been overinvested in. It's overvalued. And what's undervalued are those molecules in the ground that run your day-to-day life because nobody cares about the Instagram post if you can't eat you can't get to work you can't eat your home and so if you need help in making sense of this new world and how this fits in with your strategy and your portfolio I encourage you to reach out to myself or Steve Peasley at our company KAPP Financial where we operate the same philosophy, which is independent thinking and shared success. So, how do we implement this? Well, it's unbiased guidance, both on and off air, and then parallel investing, which means we invest right alongside our clients. So, I encourage you to reach out for a free portfolio review assessment via telephone or go to meeting and send us a message through investtalk.com or, our own, or give us our office a call, 800 557 5461. Speak to us for a short period of time. And the sooner you contact us, the sooner we can help get your portfolio optimized. We'd love to help. Now let's pivot over to the economy and the GDP report that came out today. And that was up 2.6% in the third quarter. Now this was a large contribution from what we call net exports. Remember there's imports and then there's exports. Typically, imports are more than exports. And that is usually a drag on GDP. Well, guess what? This quarter and actually the second quarter, net exports were a positive contribution to GDP. Why? Exporting oil and gas to Europe because of the war. Think of LNG, all the LNG facilities we have in Texas, for example, Louisiana, exporting to Europe. And so consumer spending, which is the economy's main engine, that grew, but at a slower pace than... In the second quarter, but businesses slash spending on, you guessed it, real estate and buildings. Residential investment fell twenty six point four percent on an annual rate. And so you're you continue to see a deceleration in the overall economy. Home sales posted the longest streak of decline in fifteen years, and you would think the strong dollar. And a weakening global economy would actually make those net exports even worse right it would be a drag on the overall economy because we exported so much energy that's where it helped typically a strong dollar is bad for exports but in war times uh whether that's a good strategy whatever it is that was good for our economy overall now final sales to private domestic purchasers which is the measure of consumers and business spending That was only up 0.1% on an annualized rate in the third quarter. That was up 0.5% in the second quarter and up 2.1% in the first quarter. So you go from 2.1 to 0.5 to 0.1. So you see that overall economy decelerating. And that's really the type of number that you wanna follow. So the headline number, definitely skewed by the exports of oil and gas. The actual end demand by consumers and businesses, flat. And i said that we're kind of in a stall economy it's not good it's not a recession it's a stall economy are we to a recession if you if you think of the lagged effect that uh happens with monetary policy with higher interest rates it would say if we're in a, if if we are in a stall economy now those interest rate increases over the past few months are going to slowly feed into the economy and we're going to be in a recession fourth quarter early part of 2023 and that's probably my base case but the question is is that priced in to the market overall now we're heading into our final break so i'm ready to take your questions right now at 888-99-CHART
3: the stock market is volatile it's constantly changing so how are you positioned is your portfolio properly balanced or are you taking unnecessary risks? You can get guidance anytime for free if you go to investtalk.com and take the brief risk-alize quiz.
2: Hey, Stephen Justin. It's Art from Tucson. I guess this is a question for Justin since um, he's the one that recommended a while back the book The Fourth Turning by Strauss and Howe, are the authors. Since then, I've listened to the book two times, and I've gotten a written copy as well. I was so impressed with it. Uh, The book provides an incredible framework to view history with. It's based on 80-year event cycles and generational composition cycles that react to these events. The book was written in 1997, and it's validated because of that, as far as I'm concerned. It completely predicted, in a general sense at least, the division and the angst. Of our current society the pandemic and the possibility for big world turmoil and and possibly war so my question is this according to the book around 2025 the fourth turning should be concluded with either a favorable outcome in a new first turning or perhaps an unfavorable outcome and then who knows so, Justin, as one whose job it is to not predict the future, but I guess play probabilities on it, do you have any thoughts on how this fourth turning may conclude? And is there anything we could do as investors to prepare for an unfavorable fourth turning? Thanks for the book recommendation. Thanks for all you guys do. Yeah, I'd love to hear your reaction to this and, and your thoughts on Earth. On Near term, few year
1: future. Bye. Well, thank you for reading that book. Glad you got a lot out of it. I think it is uh, definitely a great, great lesson in history. And you're right. The, a lot of the things that they discussed of what uh, the fourth turning would be, which uh, they prognosticated would be, start around 20 2005 two thousand ten time period. It's never an exact date, but generally and obviously we had the financial crisis and that precipitated this uh this kind of lost a decade plus that we're that we're dealing with now uh that's creating a rise in populism very similar to what you saw in the 30s there was a rise in populism slow economy after the the the, the uh in, in, during the great depression i guess you could say uh and then you have the rise of populism that led to hitler and world war ii etc and so you have similar dynamics playing out today Now, what that ultimately turns into, uh, it could be uh, a major one-time turning point big event uh, like World War II, or it could just be something that kind of builds, I think. Um, But in the end, I do think we're going to come into spring uh, where things are better. Uh, There's maybe less domination of, politics by corporations um, and maybe return uh, there's some reform there uh that's a potential uh, it also could just simply be a new change in the world order and that's really what it was right after world war ii it was the ushering in of the liberal world order and that created the the boom times of the 50s and 60s and that was the first turning and that's where there was a really high trust in institutions. And by the fourth turning, as you would know, now we're in a very low trust of institutions. So is the return of trust that could be very It could be very positive. It could be something like, Hey, we're going to onshore manufacturing, we're gonna bring all the jobs back overseas and our economy is going to boom. And we're going to stop protecting the rest of the world. We're going to let the rest of the world fight and have their problems. And we're going to be siloed to a more regionalized, multipolar world where we produce most of our goods here and we're very reliant on self reliant in North America. That could be the ultimate end result of this because of political pressure, geopolitical pressure, the shock of the pandemic. What exactly comes out of this? I know it's going to be positive. But there's pain in the middle. And we're still in that pain period. Now, people's lives, and this is all about the length of a human life. And human lives have kind of been pushed out a little bit farther. So um, the, the date is probably more like 2030 versus 2025. So I still think we have uh, probably more like eight years left instead of three. Um, but, you know, we'll see. I don't know exactly how it's going to play out. But it's going to be an interesting and challenging time uh, to make money. But you can do it by focusing on businesses that are in the need in crisis periods big tech companies not so much real like i said molecules in the ground things that run day-to-day life that's going to be in high demand and high value in this fourth journey now i'm justin klein this completes another invest talk program steve Peasley and i thank you for listening we encourage you to tell your friends and family about our free podcast downloads which you can find anytime at iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. And be sure to rate and review. Independent thinking, shared success. This is Invest Talk. Good night.
0: Invest Talk is a trademark of KPP Financial. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them. call 1-800-557-5461.